Hello, this is Ricky Jones. This is Jonathan Dorst. <laughs> we just rehearsed that, Jonathan. <laughs> a little slow on the uptake. And this is uh, River Oaks Presbyterian and our podcast uh, that we have not done probably in four months. A long time. Yeah. I put some stuff up from the seminar on racial uh, tensions and racial inequality, racial injustice. Thank you. That's where I was Yes. But as far as just sitting down and really talking, we haven't done this in probably since early winter, I would have No, I've been conspicuously quiet, so I got a lot to say. No. Got a lot to say. There you go. Not I can't really. wait to hear it. Can't wait to hear it. So let me tell you a little bit about why we're doing this particular one today and what we're doing. Today we're going to talk about women in the church. And the reason why I want to talk about that is because it's it's a hot topic in our denomination. Uh, we finally appointed a women's a, a study committee in the PCA to examine the role of women and see how we are ministering to them and uh, and receiving ministry from them. And the uh, study committee did a good job and got their their report out honestly a lot faster than I was expecting. Um, and it was a little shorter, probably than I'd hoped for, uh, but kept up good guidelines and uh, and encouraged us to uh, really just pursue uh, avenues where women can use their gifts. In, in line with that, I uh, we are also at our church at River Oaks. We are hiring a uh, coordinator of women's ministry. It's funny because people are afraid that I'm going to call her a women's minister. Yes. And uh, worried that that's going to bring all kinds of arguments in, which I think, honestly, I think is silly. But um, I will try to honor everybody else's fear and call her a director of ministry or a coordinator. Yeah, and if you're if you're listening and you don't know much about Presbyterianism, there's sort of two big brands of Presbyterian in America. The one is um, our brand is what we call the PCA, and we're more conservative as it comes. Well, we. We're Bible-believing and believe that um, the Bible calls for uh, males to be elders and pastors, and, uh, and so we've guarded that through the years. And then, But there's also the uh, Presbyterian Church USA, PCUSA, which basically believes that uh, men and women can do any role, and so you know, often it's referred to as a conservative versus liberal um, and that's sort of the situation yeah. we find ourselves in. Yeah, I think I think that's a great way to start. Let, let's just talk about kind of the guardrails. Yes. So there's there's a pretty wide street between what I think are two guardrails that we have to to keep in place. And the first one is the Bible. And as uh, members of the PCA and as Christians, we read the Bible as coming to a book that has authority over us which means we don't only uh, subscribe to the parts of the Bible that we agree with or like or even understand. We, we receive the Bible as something that is handed down and that we must submit to. And so uh, the authority of the Bible is the first guardrail, and the Bible does have some clear teachings about the roles of, of men and women that we have to respect and honor. Um, it's not just... There are a few passages that people tend to refer to quickly because they're good for proof texts, such mm-hmm. as when the Apostle Paul talks about uh, women not speaking in worship or I do not permit a woman to teach or have authority over a man. But it, but it is important to know that there's a, a lot more context than that. I mean, from, from the very first uh, of the Old Testament, uh, God has been 
choosing leaders for his people, choosing elders for the uh, nation of Israel, and, and choosing apostles for his church, and then church planters, and, and elders and deacons in the church. And, um, and he very intentionally has all of those roles filled by men. Um, and, and that's, along with Paul's clear teaching, is the reason why we do believe that uh, women are not to be ordained into the, the role of um, into, into official offices, ordained offices in the church. Now, that's not to say women don't have, have nothing to do, I, but I, I just, I just want to stop right there and talk about that for a second, John. Okay. And you know why. I do. Because a lot of people, why? Because that just flies in the face of where we are as a culture. It does. It, it's offensive in, to, uh, to women, and I, and I understand why. And, and, there's, and then, unfortunately, a lot of men who try to explain why this, these commands are in the Bible— I think do more damage than good. Probably. So, for instance, uh, you know, women will argue, well, we're just as, you know, why would God gift us if he doesn't intend for us to use the gifts? Mm-hmm. And uh, and then men try to answer that question, and they get away from the Bible and say wrong and unhelpful things. Like, uh, well, women don't have the intellectual capacity. I, I, I've actually heard that. That's, that's terrible. That's, that's terrible. absolutely terrible. Uh, women are more emotional. I hear that one a lot. I heard that one in seminary, actually, from yeah. uh, from a teacher. He was not a professor at the seminary, but he was a member of the faculty who came in to teach. And he said, well, you know, women just women just take things more personally than men. And I can tell you from my own personal experience, that is a lie. Nobody I've ever met takes things more personally than me. <laughs> and nobody... You are a male. And I am male. And uh, I nobody harbors grudges worse than me. And... God doesn't say that's the reason. Um, so what, what I personally think, and, and I think this is what the Bible teaches, is that God has given us roles that where, where equals submit, where women submit to their equals, men, in the family and in the church, because that is a picture of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. And uh, and both in Corinthians and in Ephesians, we're told that uh, in Corinthians we're told that women should submit to men the way Christ submitted to uh, His Father, and in uh, Ephesians we're told that men should love uh, Christ, love their wives as Christ loved the church. And it's a very intentional picture here that you get the gospel, you see the gospel when someone willingly humbles themselves. And becomes a servant rather than a lord, and um, that is what Philippians two describes as, as the work that, that Jesus has done. That he, though he was in every way equal with God, humbled himself and took on the form of a servant, and uh, and that's what the Bible calls women to do in the family and in the church, not because they're in any way in, unequal. If they were unequal then they wouldn't be submitting. It would be just an act of, of recognizing that you're inferior. Um, but it is a picture of the gospel when someone willingly foregoes their rights, foregoes what is rightfully theirs, what they could do, and gives up those rights to, to serve. And, and that is, uh, that's what the Lord has called us to do. Um, and, and so that's, that's the guardrail. Mm-hmm. The other guardrail that we we don't want to transgress is sexism. Before we get to that, is there anything you want to add to 
Well, I just, you know, for me, this is really personal mm-hmm. because I have two daughters. And particularly with my, my 17-year-old who is preparing for college and she is super smart and mm-hmm. super gifted. And she's, she's an intern with our youth ministry. And so we're talking about the future and all these questions are coming up. What can I do? Right. Why can't yeah. I be a pastor? Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I want to be able to tell her, you can do anything in the world. And yet I don't want to just tell her, do whatever you want. Because I most want to tell her, God has good things for you. Yeah, we have to trust him. And trust him. And so uh, this, is really pers- this is a really personal conversation, much more than when I was in seminary without kids. And yeah. A lot of it was just theoretical. and um, Yeah, so. I appreciate that. So the other guardrail is sexism, mm-hmm. which there is a ton of in the church. There's a ton of in the evangelical church uh, and the Reformed church. And, uh, and I hate it, and I acknowledge that it's there. Um, and just the idea that women can't be allowed to do anything or uh, should be basically treated like children. And, uh, and we see that uh, all through the, our denomination, and that needs to be stamped out and cleaned up, uh, repented of, yeah. and people need to be called to repentance. And we, and we want to avoid it. I think I, I feel about sexism a lot of the way, same way I feel about racism, which is, there's intentional and then there's unintentional. And I don't think, I probably have been, I don't think I'm guilty of intentional sexism very often. But I think uh, we as a church, personally, a congregation, yeah. and, um, and all of my friends are intentional for, have, are guilty of some unintentional sexism. Yeah, a lot of it's inherited, yeah. isn't it? I mean, it's just traditional ways we think about things and look at things that are not biblical. Right. It's just... Yeah, so we've we've thought was right. Yeah, and we uh, even we you know we talked about a little bit uh, with some friends yesterday how you, it's just kind of going with the flow gets you in a bad place a lot of times. So, for instance, our church has four full time staff, two ordained ministers, and two men who are seeking ordination, yes. and we have no full time females. Yes, which means over half of our church, because over half of our church is female, has no pastor who's like them who gets them that's just wrong uh that's something we're trying to correct and and that was a mistake Uh, and i think most many churches in our denomination are like that um there's also this kind of uh i don't want to call it an irrational fear this fear of adultery that you get preached to gosh throughout seminary people are constantly telling you horror stories and so they basically you know they say things like you never be alone with a woman never go to a restaurant with a woman never you know speak like i said be alone with a woman which results in women not having pastors yeah yeah the billy graham rule taken to its extreme yeah means that women don't get time (laughs) with the decision makers right in their church and and they can't have uh, you know there's no Women, they, they're only allowed to go to, to lay women. They can't go. There's no one who's been seminary trained, no one who has been ordained by the church or had uh, been uh, identified by the church as being wise and godly, a good person for you to talk to, and they're just kind of left uh, with, with no pastors. And that is an unintentional sexism and just incredibly uh, offensive oversight that I do think that, that we've been guilty of, I've been guilty of, and 
that we are trying to correct. So, yeah. and we obviously we have to have boundaries yeah. and clear practices. We're not in favor of adultery. Not in favor. Churches we've seen and been a part yeah. of have been ripped yeah. apart by adultery, but. There's a way to do that that uh, still values women and does not make them out to be the eternal temptress. Yeah, well, and and I think a lot of times I do I do hear that. That's one of the things I hear is that you're saying it's women's fault that men can't control themselves. Like, no, we're not saying it's anybody's fault. We're not. We're just saying men can't control themselves. <laughs> And there is a tendency to, to build unhealthy relationships, and we do have to be aware of that. I, I think it's I think we take it to unhealthy extremes. So. Yeah. All right. So with that kind of as an introduction, let's go through a few questions. And we're not going to be able to get through all these today. Uh, I, I'd hope we would, but we're not going to. I always kind of cut this off at about 30-minute mark, and uh, I have somewhere to be in 18 minutes. So we're going to go for about 30 minutes, and then we'll pick it up tomorrow. Um, these questions, this is what happened is I decided to do this day before yesterday. Mm-hmm. Put it out on Twitter. If you have any questions that you'd like for us to answer during the podcast, please send them to me. So a few of my uh, Twitter followers, uh, Rev Ricky Dean, uh, a few of my Twitter followers did send in questions to info at riveroakstulsa.com. Uh, I would love to get more questions. I would love for you to, to send the, send in more and we will keep answering them till we feel like um, all the questions have gotten redundant. Because uh, and and then one person, one of my followers, Annie, out there, Annie, thank you for your note. Uh, responded today. I really hope you'll have a woman on the podcast speaking, which makes total sense. Yeah, it does. That w- that implies that I put more forethought into these. That <laughs> <laughs> we actually planned this. <laughs> So we will, Annie, I promise, and um, I even invited her to Skype in, but she's working. So um, we'll, anybody who wants to be on this, feel free to uh, Twitter me at River Oaks, at Rev Ricky Dean or email me at info at riveroakstulsa.com, and we'll see if we can figure it out. I'd love to hear your voice. Um, yes. This would be the unintentional sexism that I talked about, so... The path of least resistance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, first question starts out, it says, I don't often feel like my religious views contradict my political preferences, but this issue is the exception. The obvious question I still don't know the answer to is, why can't women lead in the church? Well, again, there's there's a million wrong answers to that question. Um the right answer is that God has prescribed how He wants His church to function, and this is and the way that He wants it to function is through male headship and female submission. Um. Now, I, I, and and I feel awkward saying that. Yeah, I, I I take no pride or joy in saying that. One of the things I tell our new members class is if there's nothing in the Bible that you had, you submit to simply because it's in the Bible, then you know, you're just not under authority. You are putting the Bible under your authority. Um, and so this is a big, this is the issue for me. Um, I was raised in a single parent home by my mom, and I am overwhelmingly aware of the weaknesses of men and the strengths of women. Mm-hmm. And I feel probably to an unhealthy degree, more comfortable around female leadership than I do about around male leadership. Yeah. But I am convinced uh, 
that when it comes to authority in the church, this is how God has prescribed it. And again, I understand there, there's this this desire for, but why? Mm-hmm. And the why is because that is a picture of the gospel. What, the, the why is the same question that Jesus gave when when he was uh, when you know he said in John chapter twelve, for instance, this is you know I, my heart is weary and heavy that this hour has come. But what should I do? Should I shrink back from this hour? This is the reason why I came. I've come not to do my will, but the will of my Father in heaven. I, I think it's just a, a depiction of the gospel when you have uh, submission and headship. You have to have both uh, to have the gospel fully displayed. There's nothing inferior about women that makes them the ones who have to submit. That was God's choice. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry. I, I'm not sorry. I'm not going to apologize for what God teaches. Um, I believe that is what the Bible teaches. Yeah. I, you know, and I, I think the question, why can't women lead in the church? It, it, it's not that women can't lead. Uh, it is in, in the role of pastor or elder. Yes, they cannot fill those roles. But there are a lot of other ways to lead. And I, I recognize that seems hypocritical. Because you're saying, well, they can lead in all these other ways, but not the ones that mm-hmm. most people think really matter. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we need to value a lot of different leadership mm-hmm. in the church. Um, and we have women leaders in our church. Mm-hmm. We don't have women pastors or elders, yeah. but we have women leaders. Chairing committees and 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 pastoring other women. So, yeah. Okay, so follow-up question. Uh I'm really uncomfortable with the fact that women are always stuck with the touchy-feely or support jobs in the church. Mm-hmm. Professional cultures are starting to move away from this. Women have made tremendous progress in all sectors apart from the church. Can you explain the difference between cultural and biblical female leadership? You know, that, that's a great question. Um, and I, I don't really have too much of an answer for that. I do think that um, women certainly have all, you know, the abilities to lead in all areas of life. And I'm thankful that, um, you know, I'm thankful that that women are, are taking charge of more things in the world. I, I look forward to a world where there are as many women CEOs as there are men. I think the world will be a better place. Um, uh, I, the, one of the ways I want to answer this question is by explaining what we call the church kingdom distinctive. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kingdom of God is is where every God who is the king has dominion. That's over all creation. That's every uh, institution, every place. Uh, in those in that kingdom, we at River Oaks teach equality. Um, now, this opens up a whole nother can of worms as far as the, the career versus family distinction that we are not going to go into today. Okay. I will, we can go into it in the future if you want, if we get questions about it, but we're not going to go into it today. Um, but in the, so in the kingdom, uh, in creation, there is equality, and both men and women receive the first creation mandate. The first creation mandate was to take dominion over the earth, um, and that was given to Adam and to Eve. That was not a singular mandate. And so we, we do teach equality and mutual responsibility to take dominion. In the church, God is doing more than just 
uh, showing dominion. In the church, God is also showing us what He is like, what the Trinity is like, and what the gospel is like. And in, therefore, in the church, God ha- has shown us, has called us as Christians to depict the gospel through headship and submission. Um, the headship has to be sacrificial, um, gracious, and, and, re- and responsible. You know what I mean when I say that? I mean, like, you're, you feel the burden of taking the responsibility for your decisions and how they affect people's souls. Um, there's also submission. Um, the, the willingness to receive on faith because you believe it is honoring to God for you to submit uh, to somebody else, to submit to your elders, to submit to the Bible. Um, everybody, men and women, take vows to submit to their elders. Um, so women aren't really being called to do something that men aren't be called, being called to. They're just not able to be elder uh, under what we believe is a biblical framework. Jonathan, you have anything to add to that? That's the best I can do. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the one. This is a hard area for me because, you know, some certainly some theologian scholars would say, well, yes, the Bible talks specifically about uh, male leadership in the home and in the church. Um, so doesn't that then assume mm-hmm. out in the world, in government and in business? That women should also not be leaders there, but the Bible doesn't doesn't prohibit women, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think in the kingdom church distinction you're making, um, we can we can say yes, women can be leaders. They can, a woman can be president. A Christian can vote for a woman president mm-hmm. because the Bible is silent on that issue. Do you think it's a majority view? Are you sure about that? Let me ask you this. How sure are you about that? No, I don't think it's a majority majority view. I think there's definitely a split. Do you think there's any validity to the view that maybe women shouldn't be political leaders? I think I would have said that mm, yeah. earlier in my life. Now I'm Yeah. I I'm not real sure. I think I I'm I'm pretty confident. I am confident that uh, that is not true that women should serve in any capacity uh, that a man can uh, in the kingdom. It wasn't always. Uh, I did used to to think that uh, there's all, there's this relationship between what God commands and how He creates us, um, which is true. God, all of God's commandments are, as far as like the Ten Commandments, the moral law. Mm-hmm. Um, the moral law is consistent with our, our creation, our makeup. But I don't think the differences between a man and woman, what some people will call uh, uh, complementarianism, I, I, I think that's more of a willful act of submission that, that glorifies God and the gospel. I don't think that is in our creation, created uh, essences, mm-hmm. um, and that's why I don't think it applies to the world. But, yeah, I, I, there was a, definitely a time when I would have said it was a sin. I, I'll confess that. There was a time when I would have said it was a sin to vote for a woman. Um, and I know friends who still think that I think they're wrong. Yeah. So, you know what? All right. Next question. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Okay. <laughs> if anybody's still listening. <laughs> <laughs> Why is it less frowned upon for women to be missionaries, also mm-hmm. a pastoral role, uh, than pastors of domestic churches? That's one of the questions we got on Twitter. 
That's a great question. Well, you know, it's hard to explain why anything is less or more frowned upon. Uh, you know, um, I think, for one thing, God is, uh, there are places that women can go that men can't. For instance, in Indonesia, I know for sure it is illegal for a man to preach, uh, but it is legal for women to preach. It's a Muslim state, huh. uh, at least in some parts of it, because I had an Indonesian friend who was a female, mm-hmm. went through seminary with me, and uh, and she was funny because she submitted to the Bible. She didn't think a man should be a pastor, but she did want to know how to preach because only women were allowed to preach in Indonesia. It was a, it was an interesting case. Yeah. So I, you know, and beyond that, uh, I don't know. I would I would commend to you uh, Joanna Shelter's book, uh, "The Word Came with Power," where she talks about being a missionary in the Philippines, and actually, as she translated the path, the Bible into uh, the language uh, of the tribe that she was reaching out to, uh, one of the leaders of the tribe said, "Well, if this is true, then you need to stop preaching." And so it's funny, and you just kind of watch her. You can read how she uh, responds to that. Uh, but man, I don't want to go there. I, I don't. I don't want to defend or condemn kind of traditions. Like I don't know why it's less frowned upon. I, I do believe that the Bible clearly teaches that the preaching office, the standing up and preaching the authoritative word of God on Sunday morning during called worship, that is for men alone. Mm-hmm. Um, Beyond that, you know, announcement giving in worship, any kind of informal reading of the Bible, uh, t- informal Bible teaching, I do not think is is for men alone. And I think a lot of women do that work well in a missions context. Yeah, yeah I think in my experience, the missions context, it should be consistent, right? If a denomination sends someone onto the mission field, well, their stances on doctrine and roles should be consistent, whether mm-hmm. it's here or abroad. Um, I, I think what oftentimes ha- happens is you sort of have an all-hands-on-deck approach mm-hmm. on the mission field. You know, when you're working in a context where there's two churches in a city mm-hmm. of a million people, mm-hmm. right, they may be, you know, one's a Baptist church and one's a charismatic church or one's mm-hmm. a Lutheran church and... You know, and they're like, oh, we're, we're the only Christians, <laughs> so right, right. we're just going to overlook our differences and just do what we can right. together. And sometimes it's just, hey, what can you do? Can you do this? Yeah. Like, let's not worry about little things. But yeah. And in informal situations, women have always been able to teach. That's that's in the book of Acts, when Priscilla and Aquila come and, can, and correct Apollos. Yeah. Um, and, and again, I, I do think we didn't talk much about this. There's a great booklet we give away at our church, and I encourage you to read. It's called uh, Gender... Jesus, Justice, and Gender Roles. Jesus, Justice, and Gender Roles. Yes, thank you. Kathy Keller. By Kathy Keller. I I get the three confused on on the order. But if you'll come to River Oaks, we'll give you one for free. uh, Or you can go to Amazon and get one for $7. And she does a great job there of teaching, uh, drawing the distinction between authoritative and non-authoritative teaching. I think that's really important, and um, and just as an aside, what we're doing right now is not authoritative teaching. It is not. This is just two guys talking into a computer for a podcast. Yes. This is not what I was ordained to do. This is not when when I stand up and preach on Sunday morning. I, I believe with all my heart, it's different than anything else I do. And so, uh, I just wanted to make that clear. 
this is not authoritative. So, well, well I think uh, we're about out of time. We're about out of time. We do have a short one there. Or you want to? Uh, no, we'll, we'll save them for the we'll next save them for the next one. We'll do another one tomorrow. We'll put it out next week um, on uh, on from Sunday to Monday. Thank you so much for listening again. Please write in with your questions. Please don't write in and tell us that we're terrible people. We know that already. Uh, no I'm kidding. You can we'll, feel free to send in your criticisms as well. Uh, we'll try to respond to them uh, in an honest and humble manner. Thanks so much. We'd love to hear what you think. At, email us at info at riveroakstulsa.com. And as always, have a wonderful week. Thank you for listening.